What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today as we hop into another scary, scary, I'm scared. Ooh, I'm so scared. <laughs> I didn't know you where sound, I was going with that. You sound terrified. Let me tell you. I didn't know. I didn't know how I was gonna finish that sentence. <laughs> so you know, I had to just do something. It started um, out great. You sounded really. You had a lot of conviction when you started. So I was with you. Thank you. I'm sure you. the homies were as well. Thanks, homies, for the unlimited support. I guess where I was trying to go with that was I was trying to say. We're doing another, we're continuing on a bit from our movie last week in mm -hmm. the sense that we're focusing again on a movie this week that kind of involves tr uh, trying to get as scared as possible. True. That is true. So, so I see, I see, I see where your mind was going. Yeah. Um, even though we didn't quite get there, the journey was great. Yeah. Um, I had a great time and I took a lot of <laughs> pictures on the way. Oh, Thank you. And you sent me a postcard. I did. Which I thought I was did. really sweet. Thank <laughs> you for that. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> um, so we are this week talking about the movie Haunt, which is from 2019, which is also a movie that I've brought up before. I'm pretty sure I brought it up during our Cadaver episode. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a movie that we've talked about a couple of times because I've been wanting you to see it. Um, right for a while and it just kind of fit it just kind of worked out with the timing that we were like let's just do that one too since we're on this path yeah nor there's a little bit of a trend homies if we talk about a movie in an episode there's a good chance you're gonna end up hearing about that movie at some point so right. yeah, just keep an eye out for when we drop little easter eggs you might be able to tell a movie's coming months in advance maybe even before we know that it's coming but right <laughs> Um, but before we get into the movie itself, I have a question for you that actually I was planning on asking last week, but it still ends up working out for this week. Um, and that question is, is there a time that you can remember where you got like a really, really good scare? And this could be, this could be from a haunted house. Like if mm -hmm. you've been to one that you feel like really got you or it could just be like a normal day occurrence where you just felt really scared so i i know i just sprung this question on you so i do have a story that's okay that I'll tell. yeah do you want to do you want to do you want to tell your story really quickly while i think because I, I might have to think about this one yes for a second yes i'll tell my story first to give you some time um okay so submitted for the approval of the midnight society i call this tale the tale of the dark stairwell. Okay. Was that I'm in. was that a good I'm in. I'm I'm here for it. Ooh, okay, cool. So <laughs> um so homies, if you follow us on social media, um at homies of horror, if you'd like, uh, then you have seen a picture I've posted a picture before of a stairwell that we have at our apartment that 
weirdly has I call it the Pennywise stairwell because weirdly oh, no. red balloons will just be in that stairwell. Like this has nothing to do with the story, but I just think it's a creepy stairwell because of the fact that multiple times that I've gone up it, there are just red balloons. No, mm-hmm. no owner, just chilling, hanging out, <laughs> having a party oh, no, at the top of the stairwell. <laughs> that is terrifying. So if you guys follow us on there, then you maybe see me post about it before. But the way that it is is basically. It's the stairs that lead up to the top of our parking garage and there's Mm -hmm. a door at the bottom and there's a door at the top and there's a little window on both of the doors so that you can, you know, see through and make sure that you're not about to slaughter somebody when you open the door. Uh, But it's Mm -hmm. a very small window. Um, So one night, I think it was it was like 9 p.m. or something, and I decided that I wanted to go get some fast food and... I so I left and as I was walking through the hallways I noticed that there was this guy coming up really quickly behind me and I didn't really think anything of it it more so seemed like he kind of was just in a rush to like get out of it like he had obviously forgotten something in his car or something so he was rushing Mm -hmm. to get back out of the building it was just stressing me out because I felt like I needed to move faster because he was coming up so quickly behind me. And at that point, I had committed to moving faster instead of just moving out of the way. So I felt like I needed to continue like Sonic the Hedgehogging it out of the building, you know, instead of just letting him pass me. So I get out, I make all my turns, he's still following me, I get outside, he's still behind me. So then I was like, oh, God, is this guy going to be behind me the entire way? Because if he is, this is going to be really awkward on that stairwell because it's really skinny and there's Mm -hmm. no way he'll be able to pass me. So I go, I open the door, I'm going up that stairwell and I turn around halfway up the stairs and I see that he's not behind me anymore. I was like, oh, great. (laughs) I'm so glad (laughs) I lost him finally. And so I sigh in relief and I turn back around and as I'm going to grab the handle for the top door, I can see a girl coming through on the other side. And so I step back to let her open it. And as she is opening it, this man slinks out of the shadows. I didn't see him at all through the window. All I saw was her. So he comes out of the shadows and he comes up behind her and he makes this growling noise. He's, oh no. He's like behind her and he doesn't scare her at all. But me, <laughs> I screamed and I fell backwards into the wall and I like slid down the wall a little bit because I was trying to catch mm-hmm. myself from falling down the stairs. And so then him and the girl are both like, oh, my God, we're so sorry. We like to scare each other sometimes. And and he's like, I didn't see you. I didn't even know you were there. I'm so sorry. And I was just like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Everything's fine. And then as I'm saying that, my hands just become useless and I drop my keys and I'm oh, no. and then I'm like trying to pick my keys up and he's still apologizing and I'm like it's okay it's okay. I don't know what happened to my hands. They became just jello. I was like gumby. I could not pick I was trying to pick my keys up. I'm not even kidding for a minute straight and every time I picked them up I dropped them. And so <laughs> I'm just like dropping my keys. I can't catch my breath cuz I'm like 
I have my mask on and I just can't breathe because I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to pick up my keys. I'm still shook from the scare. He's, he's at this point still going down the stairs, but really slowly. And she's laughing and he's just like, I'm so sorry. I feel horrible. I feel awful. I'm like, just go, just go. Cause I was embarrassed about the fact that I couldn't pick up my keys. The whole thing just made me feel so silly because I was like, if this was a real situation where a real dangerous situation, I just, I can't pick up my keys. Why just can't fully crumbled. I fully fell apart. Not because my first mistake was falling, basically. Mm-hmm. And then I dropped my keys. No, not once, not twice, not thrice, but at least 10 times I dropped my keys. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, that no. happened that happened like a couple months ago. And that was the last time that I remember being like legitimately like scared, just like right. taken off guard and had to re- calm myself back down. And now, especially when I go through that stairwell, I'm at night, every time I open it, I'm scared that someone's mm-hmm. going to be just standing there, which is something that I had never thought about before until that happened (laughs) oh man i don't know if i necessarily have a story that's gonna match up with that one um because uh, thankfully for me i don't think i've had too many um super scary moments um you know knock on wood i'm not trying to summon those from the depths of wherever the frick they come from (laughs) um but there was one um oh shoot i'm trying to remember because this is actually, it's funny, this is specific to the podcast, because it happened um, during one of my movie viewings for for the podcast. I think it was, I want to say that it was The Conjuring, but uh, I will fact check that and like post that somewhere if that's not the correct movie. But a couple months back, whenever we were doing our Conjuring episode, um, I had sat down to watch the film. And it was like any other any other viewing for the podcast, you know, kind of relax. I usually watch these movies at night just to get myself in the mood for horror. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was sitting down, uh, eating some popcorns and on my couch watching The Conjuring. I want to say at about like the halfway mark when things start getting like really intense um, around the time when um, Homegirl's getting possessed, spoiler alert, I was watching and I was getting really into it. All of a sudden, while viewing the movie, my entire house began to shake. And this is not an exaggeration. I'm not making this up. My whole house was shaking at like one of the apex moments of like her rising from the ground and being possessed my entire house started shaking and i understandably started freaking out because this was this was too intense i didn't know like what was going on um it was only momentary it was well it was about like 30 seconds, like 30 seconds of legit shaking. And so I pause the movie, I stand up, I look around, and I immediately go and uh, check my phone to see if like that was uh, something that only I experienced or if there was a logical explanation to this, like there usually is. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was like, <laughs> happened to be an earthquake um, while I was watching the film. But the timing of that earthquake, when I say shook me to my actual <laughs> core, 
Uh, <laughs> You're like, it's not an exaggeration. It is not an exaggeration. Literally and metaphorically shook to my actual core. I remember having to pause and like take a second. Even after knowing that it was an earthquake, right? Your brain's still registering that scare factor of what just happened. Um, but yeah, I think of recent memory, that's probably the most genuine scared I've been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I may have told this story on on the podcast before, like when we were recording that episode, but I have to double check. I got to double check and make sure that that's the uh, that's the movie where it happened. But <laughs> honestly, outside of that, I haven't had too many. I think throughout life, I've been lucky and fortunate to not have to deal with too many serious scares, mm-hmm. um, which, again, I am thankful for. I don't need those in my life. I have enough stress as it is. Um, the added stress of the paranormal or my imminent demise is something that i'm kind of cool with not having at the moment right no no i get you i get you like it's it's best not to have um i would recommend not having it's just it just makes life a little bit you know less stressful Mm -hmm. but (laughs) i know we all don't get to choose that but if we have the (laughs) choice we we would like to avoid it (laughs) So now that we've gotten our real life scare moments out of the way, mm-hmm. shall we get into Haunt and talk about the scary stuff that happens in this movie? Because there is a, there, there is a lot. <laughs> There's True. a lot of good scares in this movie. And also, I would like to talk about this haunted house also. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited that we're once again... Uh, exploring haunted houses. We just can't seem to get enough of them. And here we are with a movie chocked full of nothing but... What was our other... What was our... Uh, well, the haunted house episode that we did, like, towards the beginning, when we just talked about haunted places. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you guys should check that episode out. Yeah, it's an it oldie out. but a goodie. Yeah, go ahead, go scroll back, check it out, um, and then come back to this one. And also, before we get into the plot, I would just like to say mm-hmm. that I, I might have mentioned this before, but my boyfriend, for the longest, uh, for his entire life, basically, and since we've started dating, he refuses to go to haunted houses because he holds the belief that a haunted house is the best place to kill someone and easily get away with it because it's meant you don't know what's real and what's fake mm-hmm. and so he was very sad to find out that this was already the plot of a movie because he he's been like you should make a movie about that they should make a movie about that and i was like oh they did and he was like oh <laughs> okay but i was like obviously you were right like it is a good plot and it is a scary scary idea oh yeah i by the way fully agree with him um 100 <laughs> team uh haunted houses are where you go to die and this movie honestly is exploring a deep dark fear of mine so it'll be very uh maybe therapeutic to talk about i don't know we'll maybe see. make it worse might totally we'll see. this episode might just off. turn into a therapy session about my my hatred of haunted houses but 
<laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's hop into the film. So, as always, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. However, today we are talking about Haunt, which is directed and written by Scott Beck and Brian Woods, starring Katie Stevens, Will Britton, and Lauren Alyssa McLean. The Halloween spirit is alive in Carbondale, Illinois, and Harper is coaxed into a ghoulish night of fright and mischief. After a less than stellar Halloween party, Harper and her friends decide to check out one of the town's haunted houses. However, they are sidetracked and end up at an unmarked extreme haunt instead, not wanting to let their night go to waste. The group signs their waivers and enters the building. Unfortunately for our friends, their gleeful night turns dark when they begin to find out how truly extreme this haunt really is. Insert creepy clowns, trap doors, and pop goes the weasel here. Our film concludes with Harper and her friends risking their lives to navigate the house and leave unscathed. Also, maybe you should have read the fine print. Roll credits. So, I would also like to add that the directors and writers of this movie also helped to write A Quiet Place and Ooh. A Quiet Place 2, which I'm pretty sure is now going to be coming out. I don't know. Mike Hawk is here. Who knows? Who knows? It's coming out. It's a movie that's coming out um, sometime. (laughs) Eventually. Yeah, eventually. And also, one of the producers on this uh, movie is your boy, Eli Roth. Oh, the Roth himself? The The Roth Roth himself was attached to this one? Eli, my man. You produced it. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Uh, But yeah, so that's just a couple notable things about the people behind this movie. Mm -hmm. But since I have already seen this movie, I would like to hear from you your thoughts on since this was your first time watching it. Uh, Okay. Well, first off... The fact that they were the writer and director were the same people from The Quiet Place makes a lot of sense because this film is very ripe with a lot of tension. Um, a very very tense movie, especially for like I said, somebody like me who has maybe a mini phobia of haunted houses. I don't really know. I'm like I'm not the type that is ever like let's go to a haunted house, you know. Um, just as a bit of background. So going into this movie and like you're talking about your boyfriend's fear of dying in a haunted house, the premise by itself scared the shit out of me (laughs) because this has been a huge fear of mine. This is why I don't go to extreme haunts um, despite people getting through them and surviving and doing their testimonials and all that stuff. I always feel like I'll be the one that goes on the owner's they just got divorced or something like they're just having a bad day and they decide, you know what? This is going to be the last day of the haunt. And this guy right here is going to be the last person to ever walk through it. (laughs) So um, on, on a, on a base level scared the shit out of me. 
And the movie, like I said a little bit ago, has a lot of tension and really kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat throughout the entire thing. And so for that alone, I did enjoy this movie. I think where it shines best is when it's trying to scare you. And the scary moments in this film were the most notable to me. Um, On the other side of the coin, I think every time they try to get a little bit more substance out of the idea, the movie fell a little bit flat to me. But it's 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 very it's very strong feelings on both of those sides. Where when I got scared in this movie, I got genuinely scared. Um, but then when there were moments that took me out of the movie, I think they really kind of killed my momentum while watching it as well. So I was like, I was a smooth 50-50 on the movie um, watching it. But we'll see how I feel about it towards the end of this once we get to talk about it a bit more. Um, what about you? What was like the first experiences for you watching the film? So I really liked this movie mm-hmm. um, the first time and also this time i like this movie in general um i was hoping it basically was everything i was hoping that it would be um and i was surprised by how much of it i enjoyed i think that they succeed on a lot of elements and i do agree with you i actually was surprised by how tense they were able to make parts and how scary they were able to make parts i think that a very I think a thing that they're very successful at is at times I almost felt like I was in the haunted house mm-hmm. but just because you never really knew what the next moment was going to be yeah. or where it was going to be taking you. And I really liked that aspect of you're kind of experiencing things with the characters and the moments that scare the characters because they're in the haunted house almost also work as the jump scares for us. And I also think that the plot of this movie, I agree with you, is very, very clever because going back to... So I did find an interview with the the directors Mm -hmm. and the interview was through morbidlybeautiful.com if anybody is so inclined to read the rest of the interview but one thing that I thought was interesting that they mentioned in it was that the two of them grew up together in I think it was Iowa yes okay so the two of them grew up together and they were saying how a lot of the haunted houses that were attractions that were there were very shady because they were just these almost like pop-up haunted houses that would be in abandoned factories in the middle of nowhere and that a lot of the people that worked there were just volunteers and it almost seemed like they were excited to scare people and you kind of just went there and never really knew what you were getting And it's, you know, it's this weird idea of going to this place and putting your faith in the employees that everything is going to go well and just kind of trusting strangers that they don't have like nefarious plans behind. That they're not trying to kill you. Yeah, that that they're not there to do bad things and that they're that you're going to get out and be okay. And Mm -hmm. I think that this movie plays into that completely, per- like, perfectly for me. And especially because as the years go on, extreme haunts are getting more and more popular. And 
it's more of it's almost like okay well what can we do bigger better and scarier and as it's more you know acceptable to to touch people and do all of these really immersive things and people are looking for that kind of rush I I think you kind of blur the lines a little bit between how far is too far and I think this movie kind of came out at a perfect time where that was like popping off <laughs> and so yeah. you can understand why these characters would want to go to a place like that and why signing a waiver and doing all these things isn't really that strange in this time like in the year of 2019 when this came out that was kind of more the norm than it wasn't yeah i could i could see that um granted i don't have necessarily too much knowledge of that myself since like i said i don't go to these <laughs> things um but i did get a lot of like mckamey manor vibes yes. from the whole idea mm -hmm. of this film and i think one of the things that actually made it even more frightening is um a couple months ago i actually went on this little rabbit hole um looking up information about mckamey manor manor and i ended up finding a couple uh youtube kind of vlog testimonial slash um mini docs i guess you could call them um from some people who were kind of exposing uh mckamey manor for what it actually was basically telling people like hey, you probably shouldn't go to this place um you should listen to the warnings and not go there mainly because of the really the vibe of it because like you <laughs> bad said vibes. Uh, bad vibes all around bad, very very bad vibes <laughs> because here's the thing is you got two different kinds of haunts i suppose you have the very large organized haunts like something like uh horror nights at universal or an actual like sanctioned haunted house mm -hmm. is a completely different experience from some backwoods extreme waiver haunt um where you know knowing a couple people who do um you know annually the little the the horror nights and whatnot and like that's kind of like a thing that they enjoy doing during the halloween season there's a lot of rules and regulations that they have to follow. Um, I've heard a lot of them talking about their experiences doing those kinds of things. And it seems very safe and put together for the most part. Like there's a lot of things in place to make sure both the performers and the people who are experiencing the haunt are okay. Mm -hmm. The issue with places like the fictional one in this movie and McKamey Manor is as soon as you sign that waiver, you are really essentially just putting your life in the hands of the people that work this particular haunt if these people did want to kill you and you walked in there you are most likely going to die mm -hmm. and not only are you going to die but you're going to die without you know fully realizing the situation that you're in because you think that you're just going through an experience and i think that's a very scary psychological aspect of this idea and this film is that moment before you realize that this is real is absolutely terrifying mm -hmm. yes well and also too it's like you're immediately put at a disadvantage because not only you're in their playing field like they've created this entire place and they know the ins and outs of it and you're just kind of left to your own 
they would like you to believe you're left to your own devices. But in this film, a lot of what we see, it's very obvious that the people who created this haunted house have it leading up to a certain ending for our characters. It leads to nothing. There's no exits. At least there's not meant to be. And, you know, all they can control everything behind the scenes, which is another aspect that I liked is it's still a haunted house in the sense that there's a lot of things where they put it in there and it's it would be scary enough if that was actually a haunted house but yeah. then you have on this added benefit of okay i'm in a haunted house plus everybody here wants to kill me because there are, are moments watching them go through this if you took out the whole murderer aspect <laughs> i would be scared shitless if i was just going through this as a haunted house like the moment where he goes into the room and there's all of those the white yes, sheet the white pe- oh sheet my people. god and and then you know one of them is obviously a real person in the haunted house a regular haunted house uh bye bye <laughs> please lead me to this, the closest emergency exit even before then the thing with the real spiders are you nuts Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, no way. I'd rather eat chalk. I really would. Then <laughs> even put myself into an experience where I may potentially have a real spider just living on my body rent free. Oh, my God. There, There's like one shot when they're walking through after the spider bit where there's literally a spider in Mallory's hair that's just like climbing I, I screamed. Oh, <laughs> I, I internally screamed because I was like, that is my nightmare. That spider is just catching a, a free thumb, ride. A thumb-sized spider just creeping and crawling up your hair. Oh, my God. Oh, please, God, no. Oh, yeah. As soon as there were, if I found out there were real spiders, it's a wrap for me. It really, it truly <laughs> is. I'm got, I got to get out of there. It's too much. Um, yeah. But no, I, I, that's so funny that you said that because I also thought of McKamey Manor and mm-hmm. how it, it takes a very specific person, like seeking a very specific thrill to mm-hmm. go to a place like that. And I do like in this movie, I, I want to get a little bit more into the characters themselves, but I do like in this movie that half of the group is very, very into the idea of going into this place and then half of them aren't and it's almost like this peer pressure situation where they kind of like don't want the night to end and so as a result everybody has to go into this haunted house but I do think there's a moment when they first get there and you know half of them really don't want to go in there and then they hear that group in front of them they hear one of the girls scream and then mm-hmm. they're like, oh, this is about to be dope. Like, I, I feel like that's pretty realistic because, you know, if you go to a haunted house, you want it to be scary. If you heard somebody scream like that, you'd probably be like, oh, fuck, this is about to be like, <laughs> this is about to be the scariest haunted house I've ever been to. I feel like at that point, you got two types of people. You got the people that hear that and they're like, nope. And then mm-hmm. you got the people that are like, hell yeah. Yeah, which is what we have in this group because I really feel like, Harper, Harper specifically, but then also Bailey to an extent, are just not feeling it. And then on the other side, you have Evan and I would say probably also Mallory 
are like really into it. Like they, mm-hmm. they're ready. They are absolutely salivating to get into this place because they can't wait. So I, I did like that dynamic. Um, but we can we can talk about a little bit more about the characters. Yeah, we can get into the characters. Um, I just wanted to take a second and talk about the atmosphere of the movie real quick because I did I did think that was a big pro for this film. Um, along with the tension that they create, I do think the atmosphere that uh, that the directors make with this haunted house is really, really good. It's very immersive. I was just like you, where I had very, or I had several moments where I felt like I was going through the haunted house along with these characters. And so I did think that they did a really good job of just creating this house and really making it a terrifying experience that if you were going through, you would also probably be as scared as these characters were. Yeah, I agree. And I do want to give a shout out to Austin Gorg was their production designer. Mm -hmm. And so they built this inside of an abandoned dairy factory in Kentucky. But Austin Gorg also worked on Neon Demon, Her, and La La Land. And I guess he also built haunted houses as a kid. So they credit that they credited him with a lot of the way that this movie looked and, you know, the design. So just wanted to give him a shout out because I agree. I think that the atmosphere of this movie is if, if, particularly because it takes place all in one location, mainly like 95 yeah. percent of it, um, I think is fantastic. Yeah, super good. Um, but going into the characters, uh, for me, it was a little bit of a mixed bag. Like, there were some characters that I liked and some I didn't really necessarily care too much about. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you felt the same way, but... Uh, I, I, I th- there's one character that I kind of didn't vibe too, too much with. I wonder who that is. <laughs> well, I I might surprise you. Oh, really? I'm, okay. I uh, let me. Who did you not like in this movie? Uh, oh, I don't want to start off on the He's negative like, how side. Do I, how, how do how I? How much time how do, do I, I have? <laughs> the only character that I think bugged me, um, would have to be. Oh God, what's his name? Uh, not Evan. Is it Evan? The human centipede I think it's guy. Evan. Yeah. Uh, the really obnoxious one is that evan yeah okay yeah evan evan bugged me um mainly because i felt like evan was very close to being a realistic annoying friend but then he like went one step over to the like now you're just kind of like annoying me with your presence level If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that came from just like his introduction of like him just walking in, like slapping the beer onto onto Harper for literally no reason. We never actually get context for why he does this. Um, it's just like a weird jackass move that he does on his introduction. And then you're propelled into the idea that he is a regular in this group and everybody likes him. Like for I for some reason I could not buy that. And I think that stuck with me for the entire movie because the whole time I'm just like, why do y'all hang out with him? Mm-hmm. Like, why is he in your friend group? I don't actually understand. Mm. 
Okay. See, I didn't mind him actually. I Evan to me is a character a character that you're not supposed to like, but one that I actually like. Like not not like in the sense of like, oh yeah, Evan, but more so in the sense of uh, for me there's a difference between characters that are meant to be hated that I like love to hate and then there are characters that are just annoying to me and even though I understand they're meant to be hated I they bring me out of the movie Evan for me was like a character that I love to hate because he's so annoying and he's that he is that friend where you like if I put myself I I've been that person in Harper's position where I obviously don't like this person but he's friends with some people in my friend group and so mm-hmm. I just kind of have to deal with him but something about the way that he is throughout the movie is just I don't know like it rings true to me he's like that friend where He's really annoying and he almost likes to show off and be like the center of attention in a friend group. But then you can kind of see that he does have moments where he's not a bad person. He's just a shit, like he just is a sh- has a he's shitty a personality. Shit person, yeah. That's all. Yeah. He, because, and that's one thing I do like about this movie is, yeah, he, when he comes in, he comes in fucking hot. I'm like, why you're mad? Cause, your other person didn't want to do this weird costume with you. Like, why would they want to do that costume with you? Like, who? Why did yeah, you? Who, who decided why? Human Centipede was a great and why did uh, you costume idea? Do the most. Uh, yeah, he does the most when he first comes in. But one thing I like about this friend group is that I feel like they did a good job of giving weight to the friendship in the sense of. When people die or people are in danger, you can tell that these people really care about each other because when people get hurt or something happens, it really affects the entire group. It's not just like, oh, something happens and it's like, okay, whatever, what the fuck. But like, I like that they all are trying to help each other in some way and a lot of them die as a result of it. Like they try and help another friend and then they get killed because they were trying to help their friend and i i like that aspect of their group i don't think that they are all fleshed out very well i actually didn't really like the the nurse character um Uh, angela yeah she felt the most almost like comical to me because all she talks about throughout it she just always comes out with these Oh, I'm a doctor. She has an orbital, you know, uh, head trauma. Oh, my cousin does this. My cousin does this. My cousin does like that's all her lines. How many cousins are. do you have? And, I did like that line. And yes, I like that line, but I feel like her character is only there for jokes, like to get to a joke, such as that line. You're right there. It's right there. I feel like my cousin Alina. She's a proctologist. How many fucking cousins do you have? 46. Okay. It's like she's almost not a real person. She's she's different like tropes and then they put it inside of like a skin and then she's just like a trope person walking around. (laughs) Like, I don't know. She seems the most 
um, cartoony to me because she has no personality besides to say, oh, well, I know this because my cousin does this. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. Like, and the thing is, even with Evan, granted, I agree with you of him, of knowing that guy and like he, him existing in the group isn't really what throws me off. I think I just couldn't get past him, the audacity of him slapping that beer on Harper. And so he was ruined for me from the get. <laughs> yeah. I think what makes that, it's so fucking annoying, but I think what makes me let that slide is because he didn't do it to purposely hit it onto Harper. It just happened. And of course, he's the type of person who like just doesn't care that he just like ruined her night. Like he just doesn't care yeah. that it got on her. I feel like that's what makes it more realistic to me than if he purposely just like came in and threw a drink on her because it seems like he just hit the drink yeah to he be, just hit it to and be, it happened to land yeah directly he on did her. it because he's trying to be dramatic and he wants everybody to be paying attention to him and it hit her and he refuses to acknowledge that it hit her and i don't think him and harper really know each other at all I think that most of them are friends, like obviously all the girls are friends, but I think that the guys, to me it seemed like the guys are brought in kind of through Bailey. Um, She Mm -hmm. knows everybody and she kind of glues this friendship group together. Yeah, but I think that's honestly one of my issues though um, with, because I felt like the way that you felt about Angela for me Mm -hmm. is how I felt about everyone other than Harper and Nathan, Mm -hmm. where I just feel like because we get such a limited amount of time with these characters before we're thrust into the actual plot of this film, that I didn't have enough time to really grow necessarily an attachment with these characters so when they start dying off even if the actual characters themselves have have connections um between each other me as the audience member it was hard for me to really attach to anyone Mm -hmm. like i really felt it, it was weird but like i didn't really feel anything when like most of the people died it's funny that like the death that i think actually hurt the most was evans um Mm -hmm. and it's strange because it's like even though that's the character i like the least like for some reason i i think what it was is up leading up until his death we had enough time to watch his uh character arcs and his character development throughout the course of the movie that when we finally get to his death He's, he's gained enough credibility for me to actually give a shit that he's dying now. Right. Whereas a lot of the characters that die a little bit earlier, one, we don't get a lot of time with those characters in general. So when we finally do get to their deaths, like uh, especially like Mallory's is like Ma- Mallory's death, even though like I felt bad for the group in general, like I didn't really like feel anything for Mallory's death. Nah. Yeah. Because it was just like, she just like angela is like the cousin girl like mallory is the i hate spiders mm-hmm. i like haunted house houses but i hate spiders and that's like the the crux of her character that we get right um and and i i would agree with that there's not a lot of build uh development for most of these characters you find out very specific things about their personality and then that's kind of what you have to latch on to for them it doesn't bother me too too much in this movie because i think they're more so meant to just be body count and like hey yeah get, I, more power I, give me like i said 
throw me all the bodies. I'm yeah, I which is like that's but I I'll jump in real quick to say that like that's the thing is like I don't think this movie necessarily cares too much about these auxiliary characters in general. Like they are just there for the body count, and I can almost let that go because I do think the scare murdery horror movie portion of this film is good enough to kind of carry that but then you have like this little subplot that they're trying to add in for harper's character with like domestic abuse and and the uh possessive uh ex-boyfriend who i just i that plot line for me did not work it's unnecessary Um, it's very unnecessary like that is one thing that i wish they would have either cut from this movie or picked one or the other because we find mm-hmm. out with for Harper not only does she have a, an abusive boyfriend but she also when she was younger her father abused her mother like she comes from a house of domestic abuse and now she's in an abusive relationship and and that's what we know we kind of learn that about her right I don't, we did not need both. And if we were going to have one of them, I wish we would have just had the abusive boyfriend and cut out the childhood trauma part because that is the thing that pulls me out of this movie the most. Like, why in this moment are we learning about your childhood trauma? Your friend just died and now we're we have we're sitting here and listening to you tell this story about your childhood and the the dialogue in this section is the most convoluted it's the the dialogue in the movie that stands out to me the most as just there for expositional purposes that's it's why it's there it's to put along this plot we need to further harper's plot and journey so this information needs to come out now despite it being a odd time for this to be explained I lost your mom's right? I was reaching through and I lost it in the haunted house. It's okay. I grew up in a haunted house. I loved that house. I hated it at the same time. I swear my dad read to me. Or he taught me how to ride a bike. That's where I hurt my mouth. And then later on, she she has this flashback because she's in a children's bedroom that, you know, flashes back to that moment again. And it just seems very, very unnecessary. And it seems kind of forced that they almost threw it in there for her to have that, like, I'm not going to be a victim moment and fight back, which is not necessary. You're going to fight back regardless. Like, if your Mm -hmm. life is in danger, I don't need to see that, like, oh, well, now I'm not the victim. Because it doesn't fit into this movie. If you're going to have something that serious, then it just does not fit into the other characters and the other plot lines that we're having in this movie. Yeah, it was in a, it was in its own little world that wasn't 
attached to the things that were happening in this movie. And I think it's one of those things where I do commend the writer and directors for trying to add some depth to this story besides the haunted house. Um, But I think, like you said, they ended up hitting this weird middle ground where I think they needed to decide at the beginning, do we want to have like a really deep story attached to this film or do we want to just make a scary haunted house film? Because I probably would have taken option two if they had fully committed to it. If we had started this entire film with them at the ha- at the at, at the haunt, like right outside, I probably would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> because I don't think the first like twenty minutes or so, you get some backstory for Harper and like a tiny bit for the rest of the group. But all in all, most of it doesn't really matter once they get in there. Mm-hmm. Because, like, at that point, they're just trying to survive and they're just dealing with the immediate dangers that they have within the haunted house. And all the backstory stuff kind of just falls to the wayside. And I think you see it the most with Harper because we get the most backstory with her, where it's like, it's not that her backstory is bad, it's not that it's like not an engaging backstory. It's just, we don't, at least for me, I don't care watching um if it's taking me out of the fun that is the haunted house like i want i want more haunted house i want i want less i want less what happened to you as a child and more run run away from crazy clown guy like that's that's what right. i want going right. into a movie like this and and like i said if 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 they really did want to kind of focus on you know that that harper is more of the meek one and then she ends up being the you know the one to fight back in the end if that if that is the journey that they're wanting Harper to go on then I wouldn't I don't mind if they have just the abusive boyfriend as that storyline because that it still fits like mm-hmm. it's still a situation of her you know feeling like she's being a victim and then flipping that around and fighting back I yeah and and if you want to have the boyfriend because obviously he's another body to add to the kill count and also it ends up working out that you know they are able to use his car after he gets there and i do like the i do like the aspect of for half of this movie harper thinks that her boyfriend is behind what's going on i actually think that that is oh, a you like you idea. like that bait and switch? I wasn't a fan. I'm gonna I, be honest. I wasn't a fan of the bait and switch. I liked I liked it because I didn't think it was a bait and switch. I think it's very obvious that this is not her boyfriend and this is totally unrelated. What I liked about it was this idea that even with all of these horrible things happened, she's still in this mindset of, of course, it's my boyfriend doing this. When like, mm-hmm. why would he? You know, like it's so obviously something different. But for her, she is still so afraid of him that she's like, it has to be him. He has to be behind this. I feel like it's very obvious that it's not him. Cause like, what the fuck? But like, mm-hmm. I, I, so I, I didn't, I didn't mind that. I just wish that that had been the only thing. The only thing we were focusing on was the boyfriend thing. And that was Harper's thing. Not mm-hmm. that plus this childhood drama that was a step it was a step too far for me maybe it's like the like for instance the one scene where like she she leaves the club like right before they go to the haunted house and we get 
a clown person in red. I don't think we get to actually see their face, but we see someone in the red in the red robe, which we will see again later in the film. And I feel like for me, that part was put in there to kind of lead the audience in the direction of, all right, she's being watched by somebody, probably her boyfriend. Like we introduced this abusive boyfriend and now we got somebody following her. And then they proceed to have the group literally being followed by her boyfriend for a good portion of their trip to the haunted house. Mm. Um, So I do think the movie is setting even, whether or not the actual scenario is logical that it's him, because clearly it's like, that's a very, that is a very complex and convoluted plot, my guy, to come up with in half an hour after she breaks up with you. Like, it's a little too nuanced of an idea that he built an entire haunted house to punish his girlfriend for breaking up with him an hour ago. Like, that's, that's a stretch, if nothing else. But I did feel like the movie kind of went out of its way to kind of just nudge you not really like put you but nudge you in the direction that maybe her boyfriend's involved in this somehow and maybe it's the fact that he just ends up dying that makes that particular plot line not hit for me because it's like we we set all this stuff up and then he really just becomes another body count like that's all that's all he ends up being at the end there's no grander purpose that he served in the movie, he's just another person to he die. He was the truck. Like, let's he literally... Was the tru- he, he was the truck. They needed his you're truck. You're right, you're right. Yeah. He was the truck. And, and especially because it's like, so he dies, and then she, as she's walking out, she sees him, and then, like, nothing happens. It, You know, we don't get any kind of release or anything. I almost would have preferred if they had switched him and Bailey, and if yeah, he, that would have been great. If he had that would have been great. That role, and she had accidentally killed him, and then taken his mask off, and she's like, "Oh fuck! Like, what? Are, what are you doing here?" Like, but you know, it would have been more of maybe a moment for her to feel some relief, because mm-hmm. yeah, it's like he just gets killed by the haunted house people, and she sees him, and it's like. Yeah, okay, oh, that would have been such a good. That, <laughs> that would have been such a good switch because I feel like yeah. Bailey got shafted with her death. Dude, like Bailey got fucked up through this whole movie. I was like, damn, what did Bailey do to y'all? Because it's like she, <laughs> throughout this whole movie, she's like bleeding to death. And I and I will say I do really like that scene where, uh, her wrist gets slashed i think that that's oh, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, she's like bleeding to death the whole time. She is just. Mm-hmm. barely conscious she like and then she gets <laughs> kidnapped and dressed up and they trick harper into killing her it's like dang bailey really never had a chance huh <laughs> she like nah. she really didn't um but no yeah i i i get what you're saying though I, I, nathaniel maybe his name's just nathan nathan Nathan's my favorite yeah, character in the movie, probably. I I really enjoyed his character and yeah, I, I like Nathan. He was definitely a fleshed out character mm-hmm. too, which is what I enjoyed. Like they, it's not that they couldn't do it. I just feel like they only had enough time to do it for certain characters. Right. No, and I, yeah, no, that's totally fair, and I agree with that. And I think it's very obvious that because of how much we get of Nathan, that he's 
probably gonna make it like either he's gonna make it all the way through or he's gonna at least make it to the end and then die at the very end because Mm -hmm. you can tell by how flushed out each character is how long they're gonna survive (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and and it is exactly like that people die in the order of how developed they are but i do like the deaths a lot though yeah the deaths are great and that that is also once again going into the pros here of like when they go horror they do it very fucking well Mm -hmm. and i will give them that as like the scary moments are definitely scary and there are some creative ways that they end up um you know (laughs) brutalizing some of these characters um you know r.i.p evan evan got it bad that one was ugh that one was nasty then my guy i that's a great scene as well when he's like mm-hmm. do you still want to see my face uh, <laughs> you want to see my face that's all yeah, i can yeah. think about every time he said it <laughs> just open up your heart and let that hate out we want to see your face well that actually leads me to a question i had for you is how did you feel about our antagonists for this film I since like we're on them. characters i like them i actually really like that we learn very little about them and i i like how they are just not like they're so they have one goal like they mm-hmm. they obviously they have one goal they want to scare you and then they want to kill you and i love that they wear masks but then you take their mask off and their face is modified i think is like the right word for it yeah to, like a lot of them are like body mods yeah to to or look, doing some texas chainsaw shit <laughs> to look like the the mask that they wear and i think they're really brutal there's something very unnerving about a lot of them in the sense that most of them don't talk they just kind of look and attack but particularly mitch who is the only one that they have like a really in-depth conversation with i think that there's something really scary about how calm and almost reassuring his voice is in juxtaposition to how violent he is yeah because you really have a hard time deciphering if you should trust mitch or not i think most of us knew that he would turn on them at some point Mm -hmm. but his demeanor when you first meet him really does kind of stray you in the other direction like you do kind of doubt whether or not he's a bad guy or not and you see those shoes you're like ah he can't be bad (laughs) he's got like the keds on i don't even know what kind of shoes you're like ah he might he's just working he's got those working man shoes on he might Mm -hmm. as well have been wearing crocs right <laughs> i wonder if that would have made him more or less scary if, if they did the foot reveal crocs. and it was wearing crocs <laughs> <laughs> nathan looks down and he just pulls his croc foot underneath his robe <laughs> and nathan's like uh can you help me um yeah it, i think that that is a great bit too because and i think even for them particularly for Nathan and Evan, I think they know that, oh, and Harper, I think they know that they can't trust him, but they don't know what else to do. 
because mm-hmm. he's being mad weird and mad like suspicious and i think that they are very aware of the fact that this is a probably a bad idea but maybe they can make it a good situation because mm-hmm. this man is some name some name mathin the math ain't mathin for him because he um and and i will say this is another thing that i that i was thinking about watching it this time the plan that they come up with is not a bad plan like i how they you know decide to go back out the way they came and evan kind of dictates what order they should go in i think that's where they fucked up is having mitch go second but i can see where what his thought process was because it's like you don't want him to go first you don't want him to go last and you don't want him to be alone with the girls so like i understood his thought process but second uh, nah that wasn't they really could have had (laughs) that wasn't it they really could have had like angela and bailey go through and then have mitch go through yeah i was thinking the same thing and because then because then nathan is still with mitch yeah there was definitely a different a different uh, marching order they could have used there (laughs) that would have helped out a lot but i did like i actually really did like that they had evan make it all the way back out to like show that the plan did have merit um he did find his way out of the maze and got outside Mm -hmm um so i did like that they they did this thing where even though when you're in the haunt it feels very surreal and almost like mystical the level of danger you're in but then when he makes it out it's like a nice reminder it kind of grounds you the fact that they are still just in like a factory like there is a way out like you can get out of here right it's it's not impossible it's just you have a lot of obstacles that you have to traverse on your way out. And because, yeah, because, I mean, he makes it out. Nathan makes it out. There's definitely ways of getting out. It's it's just how. Like, how. And, and also, it's like they don't know how many people work there, which I think mm-hmm. is also a cool thing is. Yeah, you never know you how never many. You never know how many of them there are. And you never know because we do end up meeting someone who is kind of in over their heads and although they're involved with the haunt they did not know it was going to be the way that it is which bro i can't even imagine could you imagine going and being like oh yeah i'm gonna volunteer at this haunted house Mm. and then you get there and they just start whacking people in the head with murdering people left and right like ooh, i would have to i might have just had to play along for the night oh, no. and then gone home because we see what happens he yeah he tries I mean, to help them and he dies <laughs> yeah it's it's true like i did i did think that that made sense that he would keep going along with it because he, like yeah you're in a den of actual monsters like you clearly see that they don't give a crap about mm-hmm. killing people yeah who why would they hesitate to kill you if you weren't on board with what right. they were doing why would they care and and then it's one of those things it's because we see a point where Nathan hides. And I remember the first time watching this, I thought, oh, maybe I would maybe I would do that and just hide and kind of wait it out. But then they, even that's not an option because they burn the haunted house at the mm-hmm. end of it. And so yeah. Which did kind of confuse me. Um, not gonna lie, where I think it's just one of those things that I had to piece together afterwards mm-hmm. what their big plan was because 
it's very clear that they're just evil for the sake of evil, which works sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it, you can be like, oh, you want your antagonist to have like a little bit extra. But these guys, they came up with a plan to kill a bunch of people. I can buy that. You know, like, it's fine. I can I can totally buy that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I was wondering, like, I would love to see the which I'm sure was written out on like a napkin in blood, but like the, the game plan for that evening that they made before they started murdering people mm-hmm. of just like, all right, so we're going to, we're going to lure in a bunch of people with this pop-up sign. And then we're going to let them experience like half a haunt. Um, we're going to, we're going to mince them up like some fajitas. And then we're going to burn this place to the ground. Like I just, I just wanted to know, what they were even if we're not going to know who these guys are on like a deeper level mm-hmm. i would like to know what exactly they wanted like if it was just pure murder sure but i, I don't know I, I guess i was a little bit um left in the ether there yeah. about like their actual motivations the way the way that i read it is there this probably not a cult but may, like a, a group of people who probably every single year build up this haunted house, mm-hmm. pass flyers around within the college town that they're at to get people interested in it, and mm-hmm. then have the people go out and kind of allow them to get as far through the haunted house. Because it, it seemed like what their their plan would be is that they would continue to go through the haunted house and just keep splitting people up, like pulling people one by one until, mm-hmm. you know, they, they killed all of them. Um, and then, yeah, and then just however many groups they can get through the night. And then as long as uh, once the last group is done, set it on fire. But it seems like they recruit new people. And as long as you kill at least one person, then they'll do some modifications on you for free. Maybe. Because that, that's Maybe. what that guy said. He was like, if I killed one person, then they would give me a new face or whatever. So Yeah, it was, some, it was something along those lines. I guess the confusing thing was um, how many times they'd done this. I guess I didn't, I wasn't able to like, kind because of, it seemed, they seemed organized enough mm-hmm. that they had experience doing this. But then, I don't know, it also, I also could have believed that this was, like, their first time doing or, like, this was, like, a one-time thing. I don't know. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, I didn't know. And it's, I guess it's one of those things where, like, it wasn't clear for me watching it, but right. I knew it wasn't necessarily, like, the most important thing to the movie. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely at least their second time. Because... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of them have their faces already done. Mitch probably did it for the first time the last year because he said his face is still a work in progress. But mm-hmm. and I also did like how how the witch I think was like, you think you're the first person who's gotten this far. So it's mm-hmm. like they obviously they know enough to have backup plans because yeah. they that's why they have the waiver sheet is because they need their addresses just in case. So mm-hmm. it's like they've done it enough to know <laughs> they need some kind of insurance in case things go wrong, but not probably not enough times to fucking pre-plan for all those extra exits and stuff like that. <laughs> right. How do you feel about the 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 ending ending um, that we get? So after they've gotten out of the haunt and. 
the like final gotcha ending that we get. I was cool with it. I don't know if it was necessarily earned. Mm-hmm. And that was mostly just because the the character development side plot that we had for Harper um, was just so foreign in comparison to the film for me that like I was I got what they were going for that now she she's strong stands on her two feet and fights back. So I, I did like I did like that at the end she got to get her payback. Like I did very much enjoy that. I just didn't necessarily feel like the i don't know i just didn't feel like the movie earned that particular ending mm-hmm. because it's kind of just like she's at the hospital she like clicks for what's about to happen and then she just immediately leaves the hospital and goes sets up a home alone trap in her house or whatnot i guess mm-hmm. right yeah yeah she's like we don't know how much time has passed but yeah basically it's like she knows he's coming for at yeah. least either her or Nathan, and then goes back to her house. I think what I liked most about the ending was most of the lead up towards the ending. I think um, from from the moment post her reliving that childhood moment from under the under the bed and her struggling to get out along with Nathan, I liked all of that. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoy, I enjoyed all of that. And so even if it was based in this subplot um, that I wasn't necessarily too fond of, I did like the character that she became, and I did enjoy watching the two of them fight back and make it out. Like, I am glad that somebody made it out. Mm -hmm. Um, It felt like, I think that last bit to me kind of felt like they had that one loose thread that that they had to finish up. And so that's what that ending was to like make sure that we get like a full conclusion to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Seeing Harper as a badass, I was I was cool with it. It didn't it didn't it didn't uh, strike me as odd or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. I like seeing her like do her thing, say her little line, her little the little catch. Get that little one liner yeah. in there. <laughs> um, I, the first time that I watched this, I remember. I was like, oh, that's really cool because I had forgotten that they had signed the waivers. The waiver. And so mm-hmm. that being a oh shit moment for her was also an oh shit moment for me because I remembered that, yeah, they still have your address and all of your information. And so mm-hmm. I thought that that was really clever. I mean, it is kind of cheesy that she has all this set up were you just yeah, waiting? No, it's straight. It's straight, door? Gouda, baby. It's straight, Gouda. And you have to suspend. <laughs> it. It's kind of like you have to suspend your disbelief for this movie the same way that you have to suspend it for like Saw and The Collector and all those kind of trap heavy movies where mm-hmm. you just have to believe that they had time to set up all this stuff and that everything went off without a hitch. It's kind of one of those things. But I agree. I. I mean, I did enjoy. It was nice to see her be in her total badass moment. And it was nice that she finally went back to the house that she's been dreading to go back to. And we mm-hmm. got some kind of closure on that storyline, whether it was necessary or not is to be seen. But at least it happened, I guess. And glad that the clown died. Like, oh 100%. God, I was... I, it was very cathartic to watch her shoot him. I was like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 kill this fool. He been needed to die. I said, how did he survive out of everybody? <laughs> <laughs> this man, this man was a mad. Like, he, 
just was kind of there. He survived by happenstance for a lot of this movie <laughs> just because he mm. didn't want to get his hands dirty. He basically was like the office work guy right. <laughs> and just hung out the whole time and then managed to survive. But no, yeah, it was yeah, nice but- to see her, her kill him for sure. Yeah, and I, I do think the the second half of this movie definitely picks up for mm-hmm. me. Um, If I had to pick which side of the movie, I definitely like the latter half of the film. Like once we're in it and things are happening, I do think the movie does a great job of just, it just keeps going, you know? Mm-hmm. Keeps going, things keep happening, people keep dying. Like they keep the energy up for the most part, which I did enjoy. Mm-hmm. They do, and I like that everybody in this movie really had to go through some shit and to prevail i like that nathan got shot but just at that point he said fuck it (laughs) i'm gonna kill you (laughs) i I liked it um i definitely like mentally judged him of like bruh you had so many options there you (laughs) to get shot but i was like you know what whatever (laughs) it's cool at least he survived i would have been pretty salty if he didn't survive because he if he died if he died from that gunshot yeah i would have been pissed i would like you then i would have been like you're just an idiot bro but him surviving makes it okay yeah yeah he definitely deserved to survive because he definitely he could have left he really could have left harper (laughs) And he went back for her, so he's a good mm-hmm. guy or whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, okay. Are we ready to rate this? this I, I think so. I think so. Okay. What are you thinking? What should we rate it out of? Uh, clown masks. masks um, I would do. I would do fire poker, but we just did that, so I don't want to do that again. Oh, yeah. Spooky skeletons. Spooky. Ooh, spooky skeletons wearing cat ears. Yeah. Should we do that? <laughs> I'm, I'm here yeah, for it. Yeah, let's do that. Why not? All right. Cat-aired spooky skeletons is the, the metric theme. for today. <laughs> um, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Uh, I'll, I'll go first. Right. I'll go first. Um, so I know I was, I think, a little harsh on this movie through our discussion today. Um, and it's not out of it's not from a place of like i just didn't like this movie it was more so like it was it was really good in a lot of aspects so because of that i think my expectation levels went up as the movie went along because there's a lot of enjoyable stuff in this film um it is preying on like i said earlier in this episode it's preying on a fear of mine of dying in a in a haunted house so it definitely struck a chord there and I do think they did a great job with the design and the atmosphere of the actual haunted house and the things that our characters had to deal with. I think it was very tense. It was very suspenseful. And I was always guessing as to what was going to happen next. And I think being wrong every time. So I did enjoy mm-hmm. that. Um, I think my big, my biggest issue uh, in summary is I do think that they dip their toes into uh, deeper content for this particular film and like deep, deeper messages. And I think they wanted to do a little bit more, but it just didn't work for me personally. And again, it's my opinion. Like you guys are more than welcome to have different opinions. Um, But for me, the most fun that I had watching this was going through the haunted house. And I think I just wanted the whole film to really focus mainly on that um so with all that being said i think i would give this particular film i give it a three out of five spooky cattered skeletons i think right 
Um, I'm going to give this movie a four out of five spooky skeletons wearing cat ears. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just really enjoy this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I love the atmosphere of it. I think it has some really good moments and some really good creepiness to it. And I think that the premise of it is very smart in the sense that it is what it is and you get what you get. And, you know, that's totally fine with me because I think the premise of it uh, is good enough that it is able to be carried along throughout the movie. I love the kills in this movie. They're the perfect amount of gory, in my opinion. And I, like I said, I like the antagonists in this a lot. I think that they're really creepy because they're people, but very animalistic at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell they really get off on what they're doing. And I think that that's creepy. And the, yeah, the only downfall for me in this movie is those side plots we didn't need both of them. And I think that they cut from the real story a lot. And I think that you can still show a woman, you know, progressing and being strong and going from maybe meek to strong without having to add all of this. Because although that is true to life, it seemed weird. In this movie it did mm-hmm. not fit the tone of the rest of the movie and i think harper would have been just as good of a character if you had cut out either one of those side plots or both of those side plots and just maybe put a little bit more into her personality it still would have i still would have been happy when she became strong and persevered in the end so had they fixed that bit it probably would have been higher, but for what the movie is, I have a really good time watching it, and I enjoyed watching it this time as much as I did on the first. So four out of five spooky skeletons wearing cat ears. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> All right, homies. Let us know, of course, if you've seen this movie, and if you have, please let us know your thoughts. And also let us know your thoughts on extreme haunted houses. And if you know of a good one, or not like a good one, but maybe like an interesting one that's crazy, let us know about it. Maybe we'll do an episode on that in the future because I do think it is really, really interesting. And there is a lot of good like documentaries and videos about it. And since I know that that spooks you out, it kind (laughs) of makes me want to talk about it more. (laughs) Yeah, I figured. (laughs) Um, But yes, please let us know your thoughts and recommendations and requests are always welcome, homies. If you would like to give us one, you can reach out to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on all social media. Or if you prefer, you can always shoot us an email. We are homies of horror at gmail.com so yeah reach out to us if you want to talk any and all things spooky or if you would like to request or recommend a movie to us um as usual we would very 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 much appreciate if you homies wouldn't mind going on to apple podcasts and leaving us a rating or a review on there 
We always love to hear from you homies and what you're thinking of the show and it really helps our podcast out and helps it get seen by more people. So if you have an account through Apple Podcasts, please hit us a rating or type us out a review if you'd like. Uh, homies, we also do stream on Mondays on Twitch at around 6 p.m. PST. Um, that's when we go live and hang out with the homies in real time, talking a little bit more about the movies that we're currently watching, along with playing some very fun and spooky different video games. So if that's your cup of tea, please feel free to join us on Twitch. You can find the direct link to the channel in our social bios. That's Instagram or Twitter and it will it's one easy click and it will lead you right there yes so please come and hang out with us uh homies if you're free we love seeing you and we love talking to you but other than that we will be seeing you homies next Monday we hope you have a great rest of your week and we will be catching you then catch you later homies bye